Hello and welcome to the BNP Paribas Markets 360 podcast. We cover the topics that matter from the global economy to market strategy. Greetings from New York City. It's Wednesday afternoon on May the 10th, 2023. I'm Carl Riccadonna, Chief U.S. Economist for the Markets 360 team here at BNP Paribas. And today I'm joined by three of our senior U.S. economists, Yelena Shilecheva, Andy Schneider, and making his podcast debut, Get Out the Cowbell, we have Andrew Husby. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to your debut. Uh, we're one uh, one week out now from the FOMC meeting, and uh, presumably the Fed uh, may have lodged their last hike of the of the cycle. Uh, it's our view that uh, the terminal rate will be five and a quarter. And we've had some important uh, data in the meantime, including a jobs report and uh, a couple in, uh, of uh, reports we'll be discussing on today's podcast. Uh, at the press conference following that meeting, uh, Jerome Powell uh, raised uh, the issue of whether the Fed was sufficiently restrictive uh, with interest rate policy. And he said uh, that's something he can't say with confidence yet, uh, but it would require an ongoing assessment between now and uh, the June meeting, where potentially uh, the Fed uh, takes a pass for the uh, first time uh, in the uh, in the hiking cycle. Uh, one of the critical data points going into that FOMC meeting was something that we didn't get to look at until the Monday following the meeting. That was the Senior Lending Officer Opinion Survey. Uh, Yelena, this is your uh, ballywick here. Uh, the Q1 survey obviously caught the uh, leading edge of the, the banking sector stresses we saw following Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse and uh, some of the other uh, banking stresses we saw. Uh, what was the what was the, the gist of the, uh, we'll call it the sluice to save ourselves from a, a mouthful? Yes, Carl. Uh, I think that was one of the key reasons uh, the Fed uh, the Fed did what they uh, did at the May meeting and signaling the post in June. But I think uh, it's really worth mentioning that lending standards were already tightening even before the events uh, that we observed in March. So cumulative tightening since uh, actually the middle of last year. Um, is telling us that the economy is slowing down. If we model growth uh, in GDP on what was happening with uh, lending conditions since uh, last year, we should see some somewhat much slower growth right now and certainly uh, going into the second quarter of this year and going further. So, so was the story from the sluice uh, a banking shock, a credit shock, or it sounds like it's a... a- bigger narrative uh, from what you're saying. It's both. So yes, if you look at lending standards, you'll see that uh, they're tightening all across the different sectors from uh, commercial industrial loans to consumer uh, loans and so on. But it's also demand that has deteriorated significantly. And I would point to the commercial and industrial uh, sector loans. Demand there in this sector plunged to the levels we last saw during the Great Recession and uh, after the dot-com uh, bust. So I would say that, uh, you know, if your business investment, if your if businesses are struggling and they really don't have much demand uh, for loans going forward, that is a really uh, strong signal that uh, the downturn is coming. That's what happened in the past. And this is what this data is telling us. So looking to the future then, the uh, Q2 sluice, uh, w- will they have that in time for the June meeting? They will have it in time for the July meeting, not for June. And we won't see that until after 
uh, the Fed uh, uh, decision is made until the following Monday. Aha. Uh-huh. Thanks for that, Yelena. Well, tied into what's happening with bank credit extension and uh, lending standards is certainly financial conditions. Uh, so, Andrew Husby, again, welcome to your podcast debut. Uh, you've been working uh, mightily on the uh, BNP Paribas uh, newly designed financial conditions index. Uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit about that index and uh, did it did it work? Did it tell us what the sluice was going to look like in Q1? Sure. Uh, thanks, Carl. And uh, for some background here, what we what our team did was uh, create an index of financial conditions based on a whole slew of uh, indicators from equity markets to fixed income markets to FX and some volatility measures. These are market-based measures. And over the long sweep of history, though, it actually ties uh, very closely to the uh, lending standard series in the sluice. So, um, in this case, uh, what we're seeing, uh, sort of broader context conditions based on financial market indicators in our index, tighter than the um, broad sweep of uh, the pre-pandemic environment, um, but a bit easier than they were in Q4. And that contrasts with the sluice where we saw um, basically the similar rate of tightening in Q1 as we did back in the fourth quarter. So it didn't provide the greatest signal, but um, I think it's pretty well explained by the fact that sort of on the one hand, you have markets understanding that uh, you know the Fed may not need to do quite as much, and that filters into uh, some market-based uh, measures of financial conditions like yields, uh, like the stock market. Um, but um, on, on the flip side, um, you know, it, it is still pointing to a pretty tight uh, level of uh, financial conditions right now. So in your estimation, roughly how much have we backtracked since the, the darkest days post Silicon Valley and uh, Credit Suisse? Sure. Uh, so we've actually gotten got about uh, roughly 80% of the way back from sort of the peak tightening we saw over those those few days. Um, so this is still, again, an, an index which is still pointing to sort of over time um, some more tightening. But So uh, how much tightening? So, what is this telling us about oh, uh, GDP well, growth going into yeah, so, either Q2 or the back half of the year? Yeah, so in, in this case, um, sort of uh, Yelena alluded to um, what uh, the sluice may be saying about GDP. And uh, in our estimation, the uh, the signal from financial conditions is very similar. It's pointing to growth in the vicinity of 0% year over year as we head into the back half of this year. Broadly okay, consistent. So stalling out, uh, consistent with our uh, call for recession in the second half. Very consistent there, okay. yeah. We're yeah. certainly not there in the jobs data just yet, although I would uh, say even we though we had an upside surprise in uh, non-farm payrolls that three-month uh, moving average is 27-month uh, low. So there is some some sustained downshift in uh, labor conditions, but not obviously not to a critical point sure. uh, just yet. Well, let's turn the page to the uh, most recent data, which of course is going to uh, impact uh, how the Fed is thinking, or how confident they are uh, in uh, whether a pause is appropriate uh, at the June meeting. And uh, that's the April uh, CPI report. So Andy Schneider, you've been leading the analysis on the inflation front. Uh, what, uh, what do you make of the April CPI? Thanks, Carl. So, you know, in a vacuum, if you were to tell me that we were going to get a four-tenth increase in both the headline and core and break-evens across the curve were going to plunge, I would say, what is going on? But I think the April CPI was really an epitome of ugly headline, much better details. So what was going on here? Well, a lot of the strength in this report came from just a single category, used cars. It increased by 4.5% on the month, so it drove a lot. And if you look through pretty much the rest of the report, there's a lot of hopeful signs there. First, for other core goods that aren't vehicles, after several months of kind of perplexing gains, they were flat. 
And then when we get to services, which is more important, it looks like shelter is finally turned. We got another 0.5. This is from averaging 0.7 month on month over the nine months before March. And then most importantly, non-housing services or ex-shelter services. This is the category the Fed really cares about. That really moved down significantly. We were at 5.7% year on year for ex-shelter services. We went down a half a percentage point to 5.2%. So all of those, especially the latter, those are positive moves. Well, those of us who lived through the uh, 08, 09 uh, financial crisis and Great Recession, remember cash for clunkers. I think uh, based on what we're seeing in the uh, CPI, uh, a lot of cash is going to uh, the clunkers in the used uh, car category uh, based on the uh, price increase you're describing. Uh, but enough with that uh, terrible joke. Uh, let's move on uh, to a little bit bigger picture here. So you talked about this uh, this turn in core CPI services, uh, ex-shelter it was? That's right. Yes. Is that enough for the Fed? Jerome Powell was talking about this at the at the press conference following the, the Fed meeting. Yeah, so I think the key part of, uh, the, or one of the key parts of the press conference was Powell saying, look, we've been burned before by these false dawns of inflation where we got excited for some potentially beneficial turns and then it turned again and we had to reverse. So I think the Fed is gonna be very wary, especially about publicly not acknowledging any progress and they're gonna wanna see more evidence of it. So I think we're not gonna get much acknowledgement from the Fed yet. It's going to take several more months of similar progress, and then maybe we can start to see some softening in the inflation assessment. So the other side of the wage price dynamic is the wage dynamic. So back Mm -hmm. to Andrew Husby, uh, in terms of uh, the employment cost index, average hourly earnings, are we where we need to be? Uh, Not where we need to be just yet. We're seeing moves in that direction. Um, But uh, certainly, if uh, if you're looking at a few different measures, uh, you're seeing average hourly earnings tick down. You're seeing uh, other measures like the Atlanta Fed's measure ticked down, but the ECI kind of stubbornly strong in the first quarter. So, you know, more work to be done, but uh, sort of hints of a move in the right direction. More sideways than down. Indeed, yeah. Okay, well, thank you uh, all three of you for joining us for today's podcast. And to our listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And don't forget to check out the BNP Paribas Markets 360 mobile app. This communication does not constitute research, a recommendation, or any form of advice from BNP Paribas or its affiliates. It does not consider your financial circumstances or objectives, and it may not be suitable for you. It should not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part.